1: You are locked on Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, your team, every day. Every day.
0: Every day. Every day. All right, everybody. It is Chris Russell with you. Another edition of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. That's right. Uh, we still are working on the opening intro, so just stay tuned for that. Uh, we have everything else changed over, and away we go. Coming up on this particular episode of Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast, still trying to break that habit, we will hear from Chris Harris, who is the Washington new defensive backs coach, played for Ron Rivera in Chicago, coached a couple of different places, including the Chargers last year and now hops over, and he has a couple of other assistants along the way, Richard Rogers uh, and uh, Brett Wieselmeyer, I believe, uh, and they kind of are all coaching that back-end group. We have a bunch of news to get to. Let's start with all the Washington roster moves on Monday. We told you on our... First episode of the week, the last episode that Washington had worked out, Dontrell Inman, veteran wide receiver. Uh, they've reportedly come to a contract agreement on a one-year deal. However, uh, they have not announced the deal as of late Monday night. It could happen, uh, you know, before you even listen to this podcast, depending on when you listen and how quickly things happen. But he had to take a physical; has to pass that. It's a matter of procedure. It's expected that he will pass it and sign it and be official, uh, and Washington will add him to the fold, but it's not official just yet as we speak here late on Monday night. What is official is Jordan Reed, former Washington tight end, reuniting with Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers, the defending NFC champions just a couple of good minutes away from a Super Bowl win and sure they folded uh, down the stretch there and came up just short but you know that Kyle Shanahan is going to reach into his bag of tricks and go with people that he knows, right? And he helped draft Jordan Reed along with Mike Shanahan in their final year here in 2013. And Sean McVay was the tight ends coach uh, at that point. I was a little surprised that McVay maybe wasn't in on Jordan Reed a little bit more, but... Reed, who apparently met with Seattle early this offseason, right after he was released, going to sign a one-year veteran incentive-laden deal. Obviously, you know the injuries. He's only played in, I think I counted, 65 of a possible 112 NFL games. You know, that's, I mean, that's more than 50%, but it's less than what, 60% I think? Um, I haven't done the full math, but 65 out of 112 is not enough, right? I think we all understand that. But yet, when Jordan Reed plays, right, even though he's not a great blocker, Pro Football Focus had a career, career grade on him at 88.6. I mean, that's almost an 89. You know, I don't see many guys with a career grade right around 90. I mean, that's tells you everything you need to know now i mean you can dispute pro football focus and whatever here's the bottom line they watch more tape than anybody you know so you can argue with them you can dispute them you don't have to believe them whatever it doesn't matter to me in their opinion jordan reed is almost a career career almost an 89 overall which is pretty incredible I Mitch mean, just tells you everything you need to know. And look, even in 2015, he missed a couple of games. But when he played that year, he was dominant. And I wrote that he didn't really have a chance at a Super Bowl. I guess in 2015 he did, kind of. They backdoor Magic Carpet, ride it into the playoffs, into the division in a week year for the division. Now he gets to go to San Francisco, where obviously they have a great chance at winning the Super Bowl. But also George Kittle is there and going into a contract situation. And that gives them maybe a little bit more leverage. Maybe. Uh, but more importantly, What it does is it gives them insurance, right? If something happens to George Kittle and say somehow Jordan Reed is healthy, then they've got a pretty damn good tight end. They're not absolutely just solely dependent on George Kittle if Jordan can stay healthy. And if Jordan can't stay healthy, it's not like, okay, that was the guy they were counting on. Now, would they like to count on him? Sure. They'd like to have both of those guys on the field with Kyle Juszczyk, Um, And the fact that, you know, they don't have great wide receivers. They don't have great wide receivers. All right. In addition to all of that, the Washington football team announced other roster moves on Monday. They waived defensive end Cameron Malvo, Defensive back Maurice Smith, who they signed last year, used to play with the Miami Dolphins. Tight end Caleb Wilson. Caleb Wilson, they waived all three of those players. They released veteran running back Josh Ferguson. So now that's down to six in the running back room. And he wasn't going to make the roster anyway, barring a bunch of guys getting hurt. Uh, Here's the one that was interesting, I thought, which was Josh Harvey Clemens opting out. Now, listen, I don't know Josh Harvey Clemens' family situation So maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but it is kind of interesting, right? Because he was in a, as I called it on SI, kind of a tricky roster spot, right? He was not a guarantee to make the roster. Uh, I I think far from a guarantee, especially with Khalil Hudson being drafted. uh, People envision him as that kind of dime linebacker role, at least early on in his career. Uh, Signing Thomas Davis, bringing in Kevin Pierre-Lewis. I have to wonder if Josh Harvey Clemens kind of looked at this and said, look, I don't know if I'm going to have a job. So I'm going to put my career, I'm going to put my life, I'm going to put my family, and that situation on the line, sweat, blood, tears, whatever, and then get cut potentially and then have to bounce around from tryout to tryout to tryout or hope that I can get you know on a practice squad or, or, or something. So some guys are going to look at their situation and say, look, I'm not guaranteed of anything. I'm guaranteed of this, and at least I have that. Now, again, I don't know his family situation, uh, but he becomes the second player to opt out. Now, Caleb Brantley was the first. I thought Caleb Brantley would have absolutely made this roster. I don't believe that Josh Harvey Clemens was a shoe in in any sort of way. So again, kind of different situations, but that is now two depth players. Again, one that I'm pretty sure would have made the roster and one that I'm not sure of, but still no significant, significant hits to Washington in terms of the opt-outs. And the deadline is later on this week. I believe it's now Thursday. All right, so that's the news of the day. When we return right here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast, we hear part one, Chris Harris, new Washington defensive backs coach. That's next. All right, guys, it is Chris Russell here for rockauto.com. As you know, rockauto.com is the place for you to go, whether you have a new car, a used car, a new truck, an old truck, whatever you've got. Whatever you need, whatever part you're short of, go to rockauto.com. From the comfort of your own couch, living room, kitchen, car, phone, whatever, go to rockauto.com. rockauto.com, family business serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. rockauto.com, and when you go to rockauto.com, you see all the parts available for your car truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we set you amazing selection? Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: All right, it is Chris Russell with you, the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Chris Harris, the new defensive backs coach of the Washington football team under Ron Rivera. He met with the media on Saturday, courtesy of Washington football team and their official website.
1: Curious, you worked with Gus Bradley in Los Angeles with the Chargers and you did the cover three. What do you imagine the scheme is going to be for the secondary under you in Washington?
2: Um, you know, it's going to be a scheme that, uh, guys are going to be up there, uh, getting their hands on, um, getting their hands on receivers. Um, we'll, uh, definitely, uh, play, play some press. We'll play some off. Um, you know, we'll have, um, various techniques that we will use, uh, some possibly similar to what we did with the Chargers and some others that, uh, Coach Vese, who's been with, uh, Coach Rivera and, uh, not Coach Rivera, but Coach Del Rio and, um, Um, in Denver. So it'll be a few various things.
1: Okay. When you were with the Bears in Chicago, when they drafted you, you obviously played in the Super Bowl when you were with Ron there. What would you say it takes for the secondary to get to that level? Having been on a a team that went to the Super Bowl, what does it take to create that kind of equation, that kind of success in the secondary?
2: Uh, First of all, it takes uh, takes trust. Um, That's the biggest thing is it takes trust um, all – Four or five guys in the back end, Um, everybody trusting that everyone else is gonna do their job. I mean, that's so cliche, you hear that from everywhere. But it, it really is a trust factor. Corner has to trust that a safety's gonna be where he's supposed to be. Um, a safety has to trust that the is gonna do his job if he's supposed to reroute a person. So it goes hand in hand. So in the back end, I think that's the biggest, continu- uh, biggest thing is creating some continuity back there. Um, so you can build that trust and uh, build that chemistry.
0: Ron said one of the things he was looking at most in camp was how the, the personnel groupings at cornerback were going to shake out. Obviously, I know you haven't seen your guys really practice yet or, or be two on the field too much, but how do you see that group shaking out and what's kind of your
1: impression right now?
2: Uh, right now, you know, we haven't really seen anyone out there on the field, so it's, it's kind of hard to envision it. Um, but uh, it's going to be a, one thing that will be an open competition. I am, uh, I'm, I'm all about competing for jobs. You know, nobody will be giving a job uh, regardless of what your statue is, uh, how much money you make, how little you make, how long you've been in the league, or how short you've been in the league. Um, everybody has to come in. Everybody has to compete um, to earn uh, that starting role. And everybody will understand what their roles are once we get here. From the Zoom meetings and maybe any other interaction you've had, has anyone stood out in terms of being well-prepared? Or, or do any names jump out at you? Uh, you know what, all, to be quite honest with you, all of those guys have done a tremendous job in the Zoom meeting, um, better than I actually anticipated, because it's hard uh, when you don't get a chance to uh, walk through, uh, you don't get a chance to, to do those things, so everything is uh, uh, teaching, and you're virtually teaching, teaching it over the internet, showing clips, showing videos, showing PowerPoints, but not physically getting... The physical reps—it uh, is tough, but the guys have done a tremendous job with their retention and uh, and learning the, uh, the the details of the defense that we've been installing. Thank you. Hey, Chris John Kind from ESPN. Appreciate you doing this. I'm curious for your coaching, where you're playing back when, where you came out of college. Does that? How did that shape your coaching, and does that give you a different? maybe appreciation or ability to reach a guy like Jimmy Moreland who came from a smaller school as well? Uh, Absolutely. Um, Coming from uh, University of Louisiana, Monroe, uh, fortunate enough to get drafted in the sixth round. Um, When you come in as one of those bottom picks, sixth, seventh round, or even free agent, you you, kind of have a different chip on your shoulder um, because you obviously felt uh, you should have been drafted higher than what you were. Um, But every player feels that way, and if you don't, you're in the wrong sport. Um, so you, you've you've got a chip on your shoulders, and so being able to talk to a guy like Jimmy, um, a guy like Strowman, like I I understand because I've been in those shoes that they've um, um, that they feel right now, um, coming in having to earn a spot. Nothing is ever given to you. Um, you gotta you gotta go take it, and so having that mindset, um, being able to relate to those guys, I think that that kind of gives me a one up. Um, in my coaching uh, career, um, having – being a former player, being a low-round draft pick, understanding what that grind looks like and, and what, it takes, like, what it takes to succeed um, at a high level um, coming from a smaller school. Also, you played with Thomas Davis way back when. You're, <laughs> kinda, you're really getting going in your coaching career, and this guy's still playing. What do you remember about him then, and what is he going to add now? It's amazing. Actually, Thomas and I are really good friends. Um, We both were drafted in the same draft. I mean, that's crazy. Um, I'm 30. I'll be 38 on Thursday. Thomas is 37. We were both drafted in 2005, same position at safety. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be his teammate for three seasons in Carolina. And he's a guy that, that brings energy, brings juice, and he may be one of the most competitive person that I've ever been around. Um, and he's still that way, even today, 16 years in. And uh, even now, I was with Thomas last year. He was with us with the Chargers. So he played with us with the Chargers last year, and I was on the coaching staff. And he still got that fire. He still got that energy. And I think the biggest asset that he brings is his leadership. And he can really teach those young guys, not just in the linebacker room, but the entire organization how to be professional Um, because, I mean, he's done it for 16 years, and he's had the longevity that he's had and had a very successful career, and that doesn't happen by accident.
1: Um, Having played for Ron during your career, how much does that help you now in your coaching tenure with him?
2: Uh, It it helps a lot um, because I kind of understand him. Um, I kind of know kind of how he thinks, especially from a player's standpoint. Um, and being around him, he was uh, – when he coached me back in Chicago, the year we went to the Super Bowl, those two years I was uh, – he was there as the coordinator. Um, he was the guy that demanded respect um, from the room. And, and he had the respect of all the single guys, uh, not only on defense but on the entire team because the way he carries himself. And he, he's uh, – you're going to know exactly what's expected is one thing I, I like about Ryan. Um He's not going to sugarcoat anything. He's going to tell you exactly what it is. This is the right way. This is the wrong way. And we're going to do things the right right way around here. And if it happens not to go good, but you do it the way we said we're going to do it, he's going to take all the blame for it. He told us he's got big shoulders. And so as a, player playing for a coach like that all you can do is respect that and and he's a guy that he will definitely um, reach the ears of this team and I think it was a, um, a great how
1: having come from a pretty stacked secondary with the Chargers how do you feel about Washington's depth overall
2: I'm, I'm excited we've got some talent um, in the secondary I'm extremely excited to get ready to work with with Landon you know he's been an established player uh, in this league a pro bowl player all pro player um Kendall, Kendall Fuller is, is a another exciting player. I love watching Jimmy on tape. Uh, when I got here, seeing Jimmy play, um, lower round pick that I'm pretty sure he he exceeded expectations um, last season. So um, we we we've, we've got some guys here that I'm really excited. We just got Darby. Um, in free agency, and Sean Davis. So watching those guys on tape when we evaluated them during free agency, and we thought that they could help us as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm extremely excited. I'm glad we got Aaron Coven back, another veteran uh, in the group um, that's played some very meaningful football in his career. So I'm very happy with the group that we have. And I didn't even mention a couple guys, Fabian, who was a second-round pick. Um, and so we expect big things. It's going to be great competition because we have some some really – uh, able-bodied, some good football players here.
0: Uh, you mentioned Fabian. Uh, last year, he played both inside and outside. He seemed to have some more success in one of those areas than the other. Just curious, for on tape,
1: have, have you as you've gone back to watch him? What was your thoughts of, of of his year last year, and kind of where he fits best with you guys going forward?
2: I like Fabian. Fabian has really, really good size uh, for the cornerback position. He's got great speed um, and. I like his length, and I think that's really going to help him uh, with the style of defense that uh, we are going to play. So I'm excited. He has the versatility to be able to go uh, outside and go inside. And so we, one thing we're, we're going to pride ourselves in is being flexible and being versatile in the back end so players will learn how to play multiple positions, whether that be a corner being able to play nickel, whether that be a safety, maybe having to go slide in at some nickel or play outside. So one thing we want to do... Uh, we, we call ourselves DBs. You're not a corner. You're not a safety. You're a DB. You're a defensive back. So we'll learn and we'll put guys in the best position that we see fit going forward.
1: And you mentioned that flexibility with a guy like Kendall Fuller. Based
0: on the contract, the guy's kind of maybe viewed as the number one corner, which would probably mean playing outside a bunch. But, but we know when he was here before, his slot was really where he thrived. So, so what's that? Where do you kind of see him – uh, Lining up the most, where do you think you guys can take the most advantage of his
1: uh, of his talent?
2: You know, he 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 has a tremendous talent because he can play on the outside, he can play on the inside on the slide, and he also can play safety. So when you get a guy like that, that is as versatile as he is, we're, we're going to utilize him and put him in the best positions that, that we think uh, will help our defense. So uh, right now it's, it's hard to say exactly where he's going to be till we get out there on the field, but we're going to utilize his strengths and uh, and put him where we best feel uh, he can help this football team. Thank you. Thanks for making the time. Um, with Landon Collins, when you've got a guy who, star NFL player, can already do so many things, so versatile, how do you challenge him? And also, how do you want to make sure he gets put in positions to use that talent? Oh, yeah. He, he's, a, he's a tremendous talent, and he, he really, really shows up when he's in the box. Uh, when he's near the line of scrimmage, is is when you see him really, really show up, and he can play back deep as well. So our our goal is to utilize his talent. He's an excellent blitzer. He can come off the edge. He he creates uh, havoc when he's up close to the line of scrimmage. He creates tackle for losses, and he's kind of like a, a a spark plug. Um, he's kind of like that that that, that uh, starter for you. You know, you got to back some a uh, 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 box of matches. You know, he he can be that guy that you strike that you just need one match to light the whole fire, right? The whole box of matches. So he can be that guy. So so we plan on uh utilizing his strengths, uh, his ability to uh, to hit people, knock people back, uh, and get him taking the ball away. And so we're, we're excited. I'm excited, extremely excited to work with him. I was fortunate enough to work with a guy um, with the Chargers, and I feel we, we have um, a guy here um, in Landon that can do some of those things. All right, once again, that's part one of Chris Harris, courtesy of the Washington Football Team's official site,
0: and as well, WashingtonFootball.com, and as well, my buddy Tom Brock Plyman at 1067, the fan for helping us turn around that. Part two coming up next
1: right here. All right, we finish up the Locked On
0: Washington football team podcast with Chris Harris, new defensive backs coach. Take a listen. Curious a little bit. You, you talked about playing for Ron, but what is it like now all these years later coaching with him? Is it is it the same guy? What is different? What do you like or, you know, what what's the challenge about that or
2: Well, you know, being, when I was with uh with Ron, it was I had a player coach relationship with him. And so player coach relationship is a little different than Coach to coach relationship, and so um, he's definitely evolved uh, as a coach. Um, he's still an excellent motivator, excellent leader, and so getting that coach to coach relationship uh, with, with Coach Rivera has uh, it, it's been great. And it almost feels like like you know playing days uh, back when I, with when I was with him as a player. Um, he's a very personable person. Um, he's a person that his door is always open, and he always listens um and he'll you he can come into his office anytime so I appreciate that with him um and he, he still he coaches his coaches up the same way he coaches his players so um, um I, I think it's, it's it's been great it's been actually great was there something you ever remembered like a moment or something that you really that that he had
0: that, that really jumped out at you that always like there's that Rivera moment for you
2: um I actually yeah we were uh I'm pretty sure you all guys all remember the uh, Monday night football game when the Bears are who we thought they were with Dan- Danny Green, uh, with the Bears in Arizona. So we were in Arizona. It was 2006 on Monday night football, and we did not play really good football in the first half. Um, and Ryan came in there, and, I mean, he, he, he let it be known. He told everybody we need a man up, and I'm, I don't want to see anybody pointing any fingers. You, you turn around and you point that finger at yourself, and you, get, you do your job. If you do your job, we will win this football game. And he came in and kind of just laid it out there. And he's a very blunt person. And he's going to tell you exactly like it is. And that's one thing that as a player, I respect it. Uh, from coach Rivera so I, I remember that that locker room halftime speech when we came back and uh and won that game in Arizona on Monday night football curious kind of following up on Ben's question when you have
0: so many guys that are versatile whether they can fit outside or inside how do you determine um whether like what best suits them what kind of traits are you looking for what suits the best outside
2: guy or an inside guy well I mean it's it's going to come down to uh to the reps to determine that but you know inside uh guys that have instincts that have really good instincts um that can uh have a great feel and can play two-way goals inside and in man coverage uh when they're on the slot and guys on the outside that that can do a great job playing lateral getting their hands on receivers um, being able to come out of their breaks, transition well at the top of the route while playing on top and staying on top to uh, be able to defend deep balls. Hey, Chris, thanks a lot for your time. Uh, quickly, how much of that halftime speech that Ron gave you in Arizona could you say here in uh, mixed company? I don't think I can t- – <laughs> I don't know if I, know if I can speak any of it in mixed company, but it was uh, it, w- it was intense. It was intense. It was very intentional um and it was very blunt uh very blunt and he just – i mean he he kind of told it like it is you know he did, he didn't sugarcoat anything we weren't playing well defensively we gave up 18 points in the first half and um, you know he a couple couple uh you know had to beep out some words if it was live but uh you know he he got his point across and uh, I, don't think we, I don't think we gave up a point in the second half, or we may gave up three. And so he got his point across, and guys came out, and we, and we played a, uh, uh, a really good second half of defensive football.
1: Gotcha. Thank you. I, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about Jimmy Moreland. You, you, you mentioned how much you enjoyed watching him on tape.
2: The kind of talent evaluators I've talked to all say he projects as an inside
1: slot corner. How do you envision him playing in your system?
2: Uh, I envision him playing both inside and outside. I think he has the versatility to to be able to slide on the outside as well as slide on the inside. Um, he, he's a kid that's uh, – the one thing that I love about Jimmy that I watch on tape that, that sticks out to me when I watched him when I got here was his toughness. I think this. I think he is a tough individual, and I like tough football players. Um, and, and I've reiterated to those guys, uh, defense is only as tough as it's defensive backs who will come up and tackle. And I'm a firm believer that I'm somewhat old school. I'm not old. Uh, I don't think I'm old anyway. (laughs) But um, I somewhat have an old school mentality that uh, your your corners have to be able to tackle and your corners are only as tough. Your team, your defense is only as tough as this corners tackling. And so that's kind of my philosophy, how I preach it. And, And that stuck out on tape when I watched Jimmy. I, I'm sure you probably noticed Jack pointed it out when we got to speak to him in mid-January
0: about how bad the communication was on the back end for whatever the reasons were um, over probably the last two years. How do you go about fixing that besides just, you know, coaching guys up and getting them out on the grass, especially with this offseason? How do you tackle such a big problem?
2: Um, it, it, it starts in the meeting room. Um. Whenever we meet and we're doing everything virtually now, but whenever we're talking, um, they have to communicate back to me. They have to communicate what's going on. Give me the closed call. Give me the check here. It's not me. It's not, it's not lecture style uh, in my meeting rooms. Um, it is uh, open dialogue, open talk. And I make them communicate and make them talk back to me. And they're communicating, talking to each other. So I'll just run the tape, give them the call, and they, they've got to communicate to each other uh, while watching tape. Because um, it starts in the classroom. And then once you take it from the classroom, you got to take it outside onto the field. And then you take it onto the field into a game. So it, it but everything starts in the classroom. So we make sure that uh, we communicate, they communicate amongst each other with the checks, while watching the tape and talking amongst themselves. And and
0: just if I could follow up for a second, I mean, was that something, I mean, it seemed like it was easy for Jack to identify. Is that something that when you popped on the tape, when you got here that jumped out to you right away as, well, this is a, a really bad uh, issue that we have to fix right away and, and really put an emphasis on.
2: Um, yeah, it, it was something that, that I mean, you, you saw it. You saw evidences uh, of it uh, while watching tape, and that was just something that we, we want to harp on and make sure that our communication is, uh, is, is top-notch. Um, you, you can't have a uh, quiet defense, and everybody needs to know exactly what it is that they're supposed to do and do it. All right, once
0: again, that's Chris Harris, Washington defensive backs coach. That's going to do it for us right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft.